you tap or you can you can do what they call a verbal tap and it's they'll let go um, what's a verbal tap can you explain that to me yeah so if you're in jujitsu and you're in a position you don't want to be in and your your airflow is getting cut off you can say the word tap and that's oh, this the same thing sense. is actually tapping it's just like if you're choking you can just shout heimlich maneuver and someone will run over and help. <laughs> that's right got it verbal tap i need to remember that listen to me listen to me listen to me now Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Yeah, it's like that, y'all. It's time for the Pretty Me it's Podcast. Like it's like that. It's pretty amazing. Come on. Yeah. Woo. Come on. It's like that. All right, so I found the video of this. Are we recording? Yeah, okay. I found the video of, of the Verdum Ferraria fight, and I'm going to show you something. Yes, tell me, tell me this thing that you have with the All Verdum right. fight, please. I so need what to was know. this? This is Friday night. I feel like I watched so much fighting over the weekend. This is a Friday night fight, right? PFL. No, this is Thursday. This is Thursday. Thursday. Okay, Th- even even better. <laughs> so Thursday night. Uh, I turn on PFL and, you know, so they have, and you and I texted about this, they have this whole production going on, on ESPN, right? And it's this, you know, they've obviously put a lot of effort and a lot of sort of, uh, frankly, money behind it, right? And the way this fight started caught my attention. Can you see it? I can see it. Okay, you can see it. Listeners cannot see it. I want you to Go with me in the first four seconds of this fight. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm with you for these four seconds. All right. Time in. Yep. And what do we get? Why aren't they moving? Double flying knees. Double. Double. They flying knee to each other. How many, how many MMA fights start that way? Especially heavyweight <sighs> fights heavyweight i don't I, I can't recall ever seeing heavyweight double flying knee it's not often right it's not wow. often and so then and this is the one that's been making the rounds so here's what i think i think that someone at espn got to someone at mm-hmm. like pfl, PFL. <laughs> and, and i don't know admittedly what their professional relationship is but, and they said, hey, let's, we've got to make this exciting. Okay. You guys have to start with flying knees towards each other. <laughs> what? So you, we saw what it did with Jorge's career. We think right. it really worked for you guys. Right. <laughs> then we get here. Okay. Okay. So to the, the, to the fake tap. Fabrizio the- Verdum has him in a triangle. Yes, that's, that's called a triangle choke. Yes, I've been it is. in them. It's very yeah. uncomfortable. This, yeah. where mm-hmm. my cursor is, is Ferreira's right arm. What is this right here that he does? Uh, he he lifts it up and he taps twice. Okay, one, yes. one, mm-hmm. two. Yeah, yeah, two taps. Okay, that's what a tap looks like. Yeah, then. Somehow he, re- yeah, that's one, 
And that that is two taps. Yeah. Now the issue is where's the referee when that happens? Because I was watching this fight live and I thought to myself, oh, he tapped. Yeah. But then the referee was like, well, but also, what if he didn't? Okay. Right? So he how do you how do you how do you sell a fight that let's be honest, PFL is not exactly headline news (laughs) how do you sell it you you generate some controversy fabrizio verdum in mma circles is a big name okay so your historic name right he's your implication is the controversy is being generated my implication yeah my implication is the controversy is being generated so i'm going to put that conspiracy (laughs) in front of you and now i'm going to give you the opportunity to explain why i'm wrong okay i'm going to explain why you're wrong because he uh tapped and then the okay. ref didn't see it okay and verdum felt it and being an honorable fellow <laughs> did not loosen his grip and kept going and lost the grip and then got knocked out and mm-hmm. it seems to be rather convenient to say that he loosened it but i mean realistically you have to keep going till the ref pulls you off so I think it just missed it, man. I'm not sure about your, about your theory. I'm not sure about your theory. I question it. So then what should the rule, especially in something like PFL, which what I appreciate about them is they have like a, a regular season and, and postseason structure. Do they have instant replay? Well, that's the question. Because it's going so to the commission. Correct. That's, is it? I think so. I believe for Doom's team is is fighting for it. I'm I'm pretty sure. Well, they should be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Fabrice, here the issue with the idea that Verdum felt the tap, which he probably did, and also the referee not getting there on time is Fabrizio Verdum, how many MMA fights do you think he has in his career? Probably 40. I'd put him around the 40. You think he's got 40 MMA fights total? I could see it around there, maybe 30. And for all of the pretty neat listeners that have decided to join us, um, we we don't know this stuff. We're not encyclopedias <laughs> of, of, of it. We, well, we, um, we uh, store the information where everybody else does in the cloud. Well, frankly, there's nothing wrong with doing some fact-checking, okay? Re- know your resources. Know our resources. So Fabrizio has 35 MMA fights. He has 24 wins, 12 of them by submission. That's very important. Mm-hmm. It does not look like he has ever been submitted. He has one draw, one no contest. Mm-hmm. He submitted he has Fedor. Two. He's a second degree black belt mm-hmm. in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He has a black belt in Judo and he has a black belt in Muay Thai. Yeah. And he He's has a- 35 MMA professional fights. He knows not to let go. I think you're right on that. Yeah. Also, so I, I, that's why I made my case that it was a, it was convenient. And if instant replay had rules behind it that were enforceable, I think he would have a case. Yeah, I think, I think you have to make. He submit, he tapped that, that is you gave up 
and if that occurred you you wouldn't he have violated the contract that he signed for the fight like isn't his tapping the end of the fight in a contract or is it the ref actually stopping it i don't know that's i'm curious about that yeah and especially in a points-based league yeah um i i think that there's something to really be said for you i think you got to take a second look at it yeah. if you want if you want people to be bought into what pfl is doing and i believe that espn does and the people that run pfl do major league baseball the national football league the nba yeah they all use a replay system mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken at least in the fights at the ufc apex i feel like i have seen ufc referees review footage when it mm-hmm. comes to like a foul yes and uh in uh, i forget what state it might be nevada um there's an independent ref who can witness something and call for instant replay correct right i believe yeah. so I believe, and in nuts. fact that came up recently like they can stop the fight like the, they, that that happened recently if i'm not mistaken. maybe there was a low blow or an eye poke that yeah was missed something, or something like that but but yeah i actually really like that i like the idea of it also stopping people from uh dives you know um because not like <laughs> well, we're a- going to talk about dives when we talk about the canelo fight Oh, fantastic. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that'd be great too. I mean, there's a couple of really great fakers that come to mind um, in the UFC. and Names. I need names. Cross. I think a cause check right away kind of jumps out there. Um, I've already uh, kind of forgotten the name <laughs> of the woman from last week. Uh, I almost feel bad for that just because I respect her as a fighter. You got to respect her distance. Yeah, of course. But, of course. Yeah. But Koscheck comes to mind the fastest. Uh, and then uh, name inserts soccer player here or football for the one well, UK listener that we who, have. The, the Mike Tyson phantom punch is probably the most famous one, right? The, yeah. The, yep. the replay very clearly <laughs> shows he did not make contact mm-hmm. with him. Correct. And he went yeah. down. Oh my gosh, um, I forgot about that. I feel uh, there was an English fighter a couple of years ago who just didn't get in the ring. He literally just walked out. That was cool. <laughs> uh, well, while we're talking about dives, let's veer off before. Was there anything else from PFL you wanted to talk about? It was fun. I watched it at a friend's house and I did notice that there was heavy artifacting in the video quality of the broadcast. Uh-huh. And I noticed that on my tel- on my television as well. So um, anybody at ESPN and PFL, maybe there's something going on with your broadcast. Um, or there's just something wrong with Texas, uh, and that's completely a justifiable argument anyone could make. Can we talk about one more thing on PFL? Well, two things on PFL. Yeah, of course. If man. that's okay with you. Uh, <laughs> and the listeners. Just as much as mine. They Number, no, it's a 65-35 split. You have a 65. <laughs> Here's two, which one of these questions do I want to ask you first? Um, my new favorite American is Kayla Harrison. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, she beat the shit out of that girl. Uh-huh. And... I love it. I want to see her in the UFC. She I, is super jacked and I'm all for it. And 
Uh, well, but am I correct in saying UFC doesn't have a women's division where she could fight, right? She's too big. I th- Yeah, that was women's featherweight. UFC does not have a women's featherweight. Yeah. They Amanda. used to, but... Amanda. Um, <laughs> Amanda. But Amanda. You got to start. I need you on the brown rice. A lot of brown rice. You know what? You can have some pizza. I don't. You got to get up there. Now, let me ask you this. I have some extra vanilla premier protein I can send you, Amanda. <sighs> I am trustworthy with addresses. Uh, that's right. Kayla Harrison, come on the Pretty Neat Podcast. Uh, <laughs> We're not creepy. My second question for you is this. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say a name. Okay. Okay. Do you know who Jeff Nowitzki is? Yes. Okay. Tell the listeners for those who don't know, or I can do it. <laughs> Let's. Well, if I'm if I'm correct, he um he was the Unabomber. Uh, <laughs> in that he blew he up was... a, he blew up a few good athletes' careers with some tests of uh, okay. I, I was going to say the Oklahoma City bombing, and that is correct. <laughs> He is Usada, right? He is Usada with the UFC. If he's going to test Kayla Harrison, is it simply the eye <laughs> test that he needs to do? I I don't Come know. On. I don't. I don't is think it, so. Does he just have to look at her? No, I don't think so. What I, do you mean you don't think so? I think she. I. I'm. I'm not going to pass judgment. She. She might be ripped. Okay, so if we're do okay. I think she has I'm hey, I'm being the politician. I will acknowledge that I am doing that. <laughs> um, but it's because I don't know Kayla and she's uh bigger and tougher and stronger than me. Yeah. Uh, and that's all uh, true. Any any of any which ways that she may choose to enhance her performance is up to her. Uh, <laughs> and uh natural as well mm-hmm. i hope uh but if she's not in the ufc in the next few years and she's got a dominant run in the overwear and and uh, pfl we'll we'll probably know why i'm just gonna say i don't exactly know what the testing or or uh yeah testing protocols for pfl for pfl are now <laughs> MIA. Additionally, so she fights at 165. Really? What is Amanda? Yeah. What is Amanda? And so that means she's probably cutting. And Amanda's fighting at 135, 145. Yeah. Uh, and she did not have to cut very much to 45. I don't know that you can cut 20 pounds of Anavar. I, I mean, I don't know that Kayla Harrison has 20 pounds to cut. Anavar's a steroid. That was my joke. Um, who I would love to see it. Me too. Probably Amanda's to wolf, but I mean, then again, Amanda destroyed Cyborg, but it was also Usada Cyborg. You know, there could be. Now, here's another fight I'd like to see: Kayla Harrison, Ben Askren. My <laughs> lead... <laughs> if Kayla Harrison is my new favorite American, and she is. Ben Askren is my least favorite American. Now, love to see you meet Jake, Jake Paul. Now, <laughs> I think it, we need to be very clear. There is a huge difference in the fighter, all due respect that she fought, whose name I can't remember at PFL on Thursday, and Amanda fucking Nunez. Like, let's be real. That's a 
that's a leap. Okay. I, mm-hmm. I say, I know that, but who else is out there for Amanda? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll be at the first name that really comes to mind for Amanda's Volkanovsky. And, and I, <laughs> and I have to mean that literally because I'm okay. Look at the one, 135, 135, the most, I mean, you have the most <laughs> overbearing, like champion of all time. And, and yeah. And then at Volkanovsky, you know, like, I, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know. Well, he is bigger <sighs> and stronger. What about Henry Cejudo? Against Kayla? Uh, I'd love to see Kayla just fight Henry. <laughs> oh, you want to see Volkanovski fight Kayla Harrison? <laughs> no, I'm just fucking... No, I'd love to see Volkanovski fight Nunes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. You don't Did... want to see her fight Henry Cejudo? I'd like to watch anybody fight Henry, to be okay, honest. Okay. I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Henry Cejudo fan. I am too. He uh, his cringe level grew on me after the Paul brothers shit. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm not. I didn't know he was involved with that. Uh, he's he's involved with anything on Twitter, of course, and and he's uh, he's he's upset that there's people that are making worse decisions than he did. It seems to me, worse decisions. Yeah, like just like the the forced cringiness. If it's forced, if it's not, that's worse. Yeah. Like all like stealing Mayweather's hat or whatever, that that type of adolescent nonsense. What does that have to do with Henry Cejudo? I'm just uh, I'm saying that the like early retirements, calling out people below you, like it's just yeah. all of the tropes of somebody like doing the shit you're you shouldn't be doing if you're yeah. the best. So I'll and, be honest. Yeah, you're right. I mentioned henry cejudo because he called out amanda nunez once <laughs> and that was so weird in the ring with rogan at the end of a fight and it was like you can't what why not they're athletes if they want to sign i mean if they both want to sure. sign it i guess but you, you don't see did porn uh, do it because if porn has done it then it's fine it's you do i'm, I'm sure that i'm sure it has okay um then this makes sense. you don't you don't see style bender like hey holly home let's go you know no. yeah <laughs> although on like a points-based kickboxing fight that would be super entertaining holy shit uh, who would do you think they would meet at wait, like what are you 175 oh. home and adesanya i thought you were asking who i thought would win um no where would they meet what would they do probably they'd have I, to. how much does holly weigh 145 she probably walks around at 140 55 160 at yeah, most yeah probably i mean maybe she could get to 170 i, I don't mm. know if sabender could get down that low though i would like to talk about all right michael venom page breaking another face okay so i did not this is bellator i did not see that okay well i would love if you would pull that up especially the kick um you know i love venom i am not a pokemon fan but i love that he's a pokemon fan because my wife's a Pokemon fan and like all of my friends are Pokemon fans. So I'm, nas- me- I'm nationally ranked, but that's fine. You're uh, a nan- so everyone around. So naturally I'm like drawn to people who like Pokemon, even though I don't give a shit. And like, so he's a friend in the television to me and uh, he's so fun to watch. So, so how is he known for being a Pokemon fan? 
Yeah, there was a time frame when like he would throw a pokeball down at his unconscious oh, opponents. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, I knew that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's way fun. Uh, but man, yep, he shattered a man's nose with a he, kick, a head kick. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, you don't block it with your with the bridge with of your nose. The, you don't typically block a kick with the <laughs> bridge of your nose. And you know, I again I, I've only done a little bit of movie type training, but I've never heard a coach say, Hey, when someone throws a kick, use your face to block it. Have you have you been kicked in the face before? No. Really? No. Wow, I've been kicked in the face. It's not great. No, it's not. Oh man, my sister. She was pretending to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. Yeah. And by, and by your sister, mean you mean you? No, my sister, five years older than me, pretending to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh-huh. And she had a beautiful front kick right to my face. And I think I was probably the only six or seven-year-old walking around uh, with a broken nose. Okay. Okay, you brought this up. You brought up the kick to yeah, the face. Yeah, I'm working on it. It's not... Uh, he's bouncy. He reminds me of Wonder Boy Thompson. A little you bit. You know, with the, yeah. with the down arms. And, uh, I mean, it makes it scary. It makes angles terrifying. You can hide kicks really well. Well, no, and there's something to be said. Yeah, and then you got to taunt him. There's mm. something to be said for sort of selling where the kick is going. Uh, you may remember Jessica I, who also tried to block a kick with her head. Um, yeah. You know, bit on the low kick and then uh, took it up top. And it was not, that was one of the most vicious knockouts you'll ever see. Oh, my. That was just, it was a bat. Yeah. It was a bat. Yeah. I've heard foul balls at Dodger Stadium that did not have that ping. That is correct. <laughs> you know when i was uh, a young kid as we're watching michael venom page just absolutely toy with Derek anderson here um mm -hmm. there was a kid on our neighborhood who wanted to play baseball with us and his older brother had a very heavy wooden bat and he was just kind of absent-mindedly swinging it and this poor kid came running right as his brother swang, swung 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 the bat and oh. it hit him and he was like but he was just he was just out just out cold fat it was oh yeah you've never seen 11 kids go running in different directions faster have you been knocked out we should we should know these are things never never knocked out no nope. choked never out? knocked out uh very close yeah okay not even in practice just not just not rolling. no 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 very close in practice but you know you tap appropriately you tap you can you can do what they call a verbal tap and it's sure they'll let go um, what's a verbal tap can you explain that to me yeah so if you're in jujitsu and you're in a position you don't want to be in and your your airflow is getting cut off you can say the word tap and oh this same thing sense. is actually tapping it's just like if you're choking you can just shout heimlich maneuver and someone will run over and help. <laughs> that's right got it verbal tap I need or if you're that. sick you just say medicine you feel better yeah yeah <laughs> yeah or rumble you know he issued a verbal ko you know the guy just laid to the ground and went <laughs> i think that's what it sounds yeah. like in our in our impending nicknames power rankings uh rumble is going to be a, a top contender for sure <laughs> a top three seed in one of the brackets that's a fantastic nickname
Yeah. Oh shit. I've been I've been uh, knocked out three times. Thus explains my CTE. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, baseball. Uh, hit by. <laughs> I was playing center field, which is really weird. Really weird. I'd never play outfield. I always played pitcher, catcher, or first base, and um, and then later on, just catcher and pitcher. And in center field, I'm just running straight for a fly ball. Grass is wet, and I slip. On the ground, the ball hits me in the face and knocks me out. Really? How old uh, were you? I was uh, oh. 12. Oh, yep. There it was. There was a broken nose. I mean, that was just a. Oh, wow. But yeah, you see the close up of that and, and his face has rearranged entirely. And then you see him start to jab at it, which is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's... I'm a fan of Michael Venom Page. Yeah. Uh, He's not going to win the I Think You're Pretty Neat, but we respect your distance award this week, but he's right no, up there. No, We briefly touched on the Canelo card, and I want to talk about it for just a minute, because you said uh, you talked about taking dives. Uh-huh. So Frank Sanchez is an absolute tank of a man. You know, I got to say, good on DAZN, who got me to pay 20 bucks to restart my to zone subscription mm-hmm. to uh to watch this card three super entertaining undercard fights before the first uh before the main fight of i course, didn't get Canelo. to watch them that's a shame now this is what frank sanchez looks like absolute tank of a man uh pure just apparently this is just what everybody in cuba looks like right according to yoel romero but um just an absolute freak okay? okay this right here and you can see it listeners can't this is his opponent this is nagi aguilera now that's only relevant for this reason not uh, frank was the a heavy favorite and he was beating the shit out of nagi aguilera uh-huh at one point nagi uh was up against the ropes and he put his hands down and turned to the referee to like argue. And um, Frank hit him super hard in the face. I'm surprised he didn't go down. Um, the the weird thing and uh, Frank Sanchez was way up on the card or on the judges' scorecards. And the thing that stood out about this fight was in the I want to say seventh or eighth round. Forgive me, I, I don't know specifically which one it was. Mm-hmm. Nagi complained again that he had been hit in the back of the head and he like took two steps back and kind of yelled at the ref and then pointed at the back of his head and then turned the ref st- stepped in between the two of them and then Nagi grabbed the ropes and went down to a knee and then rolled onto his back and I started yelling dive dive I think I texted you and about 11 other people <laughs> uh, and uh and then the referee, and the way the, the rules in, it was in Dallas or Arlington, the way mm-hmm. that those rules worked was because it was after the fourth round, it went to the judges' cards. And every judge had it 60 to 54 in favor of Sanchez. So he won in, in overwhelming fashion. But it was kind of a it was kind of a disappointing end to a pretty entertaining fight to that point. Um, 
the next fight up, Sissoko and Conway was probably the only one that wasn't as entertaining, except that one judge, two judges, 96, 93, and 95, 94 had it for Conway. The other one had it 92, 97 for Sissoko, which was weird. Or I'm sorry, the other way around for Conway, who lost. So so some judge thinks he won seven rounds, but somehow (laughs) lost the but the other two didn't see it that way. Then the next, the the co-main, Elwin Soto and Katsunari Takayama. Uh, super, super entertaining fight. And then Takayama took a couple shots to his face, but nothing super hard. He didn't go down. Um, Soto was kind of swinging hard and Takayama was kind of piecing him up. And then the referees stopped it, which was weird. Huh. Uh, but And then Takayama came out and started throwing going through like a shadow box routine after the fight. Cause he was upset that it had been stopped. I mean, I only props as well to DAZN, not only for getting 20 bucks from you, but for timing the Canelo fight for almost exactly right when the Waterston fight ended. So I, that's the only fight I caught. <laughs> okay. I was so, at a friend's house. So we were able to only watch that. And I have to say um, it was an exciting fight yeah. and watching 74,000 people erupt. Yep. Um, to watch one one great white shark swim through uh, a tiny tiny pond of little fishies was immensely entertaining. Oh my gosh! So, what did you what did you think of Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders for that matter? I have to say, it looked from what I've I have not watched many of Canelo's full fights because I haven't watched boxing too much. But mm-hmm. I would say that it seemed as though he was not necessarily pulling like any sort of rope-a-dope or anything, but he seems like a type of guy who, because for a while it looked like he lost a couple of rounds to me, probably three or four maybe. It just seemed like it was still his plan, if that makes sense. Yep. Like it was just take him deep and lay in all the shots and from what i've been told he's the type of guy who he's a juggernaut he just builds momentum as he gets deeper am i right on that yeah so a couple things there so all three judges had it uh two of them had it 78 74 for canelo and one of them had it 77 75 although weirdly all of them gave billy joe the first round and the fifth round and then one of them gave him the seventh, which the seventh was the one to me I thought you could make the argument for. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I don't know about the first round. A lot of times, so kind of like we've talked about, you you have to take the belt. Yeah. And Billy Joe has one, right? Boxing, their belts are all over the place. Well, he doesn't anymore, but he did. Um, Canelo knows it's a 12-round fight. And, you know, what What always strikes me about Canelo, and I, I haven't missed a Canelo fight in four years now, really since the first time he fought Triple G, and which I think he lost that fight, but they called it a draw. I think, I think Triple G beat him. Mm-hmm. I actually think Triple G might have beat him the second time, too, but it was much, <laughs> much closer. Um, yeah. You know, Canelo knows it's a 12-round fight, and there's nothing you do that impresses him. When you're his opponent, <laughs> Billy, Billy, you see that even when he was getting a little bit rocked, it was even sort of, well, this is just Tuesday. Like it didn't, you know, it was nothing. Exactly. There were a couple of times where Billy Joe, not, not hurt him, but caught him. And you, you can't, 
that doesn't work on you just Billy Joe Saunders doesn't punch hard enough and Canelo is too composed. He, I mean, the guy has like 57 professional fights. I mean, a lot of them are, are like conference room in Mexico type of fights, but um, man, Canelo, he just, you know, he stands there, his arms never come down. He walks into the middle of the ring and he pushes you in the direction he wants you to go. <laughs> and then if you, if you, you step, and go the other way he'll push you towards that corner and yeah eventually he's going to get you into the corner and you know if you go back and watch a good fight to watch of his when he went up in weight and fought kovalev okay kovalev is a noticeably and canelo is big he's not tall but he's he's very very sturdy obviously um clambuterol kovalev was physically bigger than canelo and canelo same thing he stands right there you you have to get to him and in the 11th inning he just annihilated kovalev with like a cross uppercut type of punch um probably mostly an uppercut if i'm if i'm remembering it correctly with a left and kovalev went down and that was it you know what canelo does is so is so hard to stop and you know mm -hmm. unlike some of the ufc fighters we've talked about billy joe was a guy a lot of people thought might be able to beat him um you know and, and billy joe to his credit when they were showing him in the arena before the fight he had a look on his face like he thought he was going to win you can always tell in a fighter's face when they actually think they're going to win yeah and he had that that's actually how i felt about morono on saturday yes, when, he, was, when yes. he came out against cerrone and yes. not and it wasn't that i saw any sort of like premature failure on cerrone's face it was just kind of uh well this is what i do like this is my job i take the fight i guess <laughs> and uh yeah as if he didn't want to like i, it, I don't want to go all Stephen a smith on it and say that <laughs> that cowboy's mailing it in but <laughs> I, he's gotten beat up a couple times and that I, I don't know it's at some point that is the end of the road right yeah yeah probably well would you look at that we've got a pretty neat guest that just popped up on the podcast call hey there smiling sam alvey what's new <laughs> i shooting it not not all that much just training getting ready for whenever next one shows up yeah anything in line no nothing's lined up just yet just i uh, keep myself ready keep my weight as low as i can keep it you know as where i'm still living fairly comfortably mm -hmm. uh, so, so i can make it whenever whenever it's needed yeah so sam can i ask again super super nice to meet you and, and really awesome of you to come on you you mentioned staying within a weight class so you you fight at 205 is that right i i've dropped back down to middleweight okay yeah. and so can you take us, if you don't mind, then this is, this is actually kind of the main question I wanted to ask. What is a fight week like for you? What is the Monday to, to Saturday or, or Friday, whenever it is? What is what does that preparation look like? Uh, yeah, uh, let's let's say at 185. It's a little different for the uh -huh. weight class. But 185, I have more weight I need to lose. Uh, so I, I try to get wherever I'm going the saturday or sunday before my fight so like a week in advance okay covid has changed that and so now i get there on tuesday uh on tuesday i if i'm fighting at 185 I, I try to show up on tuesday 
at 200 pounds. Uh, the last fight, I was about 204, but it worked out all right. Um, yeah. And then the, the week is pretty much, I just kind of relax. Most of my fighting careers, I just, I go out and I, I experience the city. I see mm-hmm. everything that Sydney has to offer or uh, New Zealand or uh, yeah. Brazil or wherever I am. I, I go out and I, I see, I've been, I've experienced so many cities, so many countries around the world. I've had just a blast doing it. Uh, I don't work out that much. Uh, I, I make sure I run in the morning for about 20 minutes. I'll run at night for about 20 minutes. So I'll sweat twice a day. Uh, my diet, no sodium, no uh, cut the glucose down. Yeah. Uh, the glucose, man. Uh, I, I cut back on all that. So my weight comes down and uh, I, I tend to cut. I try to cut under eight pounds, but sometimes it's it's uh, around eight, maybe a little more. Okay. Do you use one of those little portable saunas? No, those things are terrible. I can't believe look how weight it is. <laughs> I, I I have so it was a year ago yesterday I fought in um a Ryan Span in Florida and I had it was two oh five, so I had like no way I had like a pound and a half, two pounds to cut. It took me like friggin' forty five minutes one of those stupid little things to lose that much. <laughs> they, they just they're uncomfortable. You don't sweat that much. It's, it's yeah, I don't like them at all. Okay. <laughs> what so in a in a fight week then this say you're in the one eighty five post COVID and it's you said you like to be getting pretty close. Like what what happens during that weight cut before you get on the scale? Uh, in those last the, couple days yeah so so the actual cut is only a couple hours before stepping on yeah. the scale prior to that you're just getting your body ready to lose weight yeah. so you're taking some of the diuretics to help your body lose everything you're you're eliminating all salt all flavor uh mm-hmm. you're, you've got a actually you've got a fairly fatty diet because <laughs> the brain work mm-hmm. um and protein because your body just burns protein so you have a diet similar to that uh, the final hours, the actual cut, uh, I do it in a bathtub. I, I go yeah. bathtub to cover myself in blankets and, and towels to bathtub to cover my, myself in blankets and towels. Um, and I'll do that for until I make weight. This last time it took me about two hours to, to lose eight pounds. Um, but uh, I, I can do it. Um, it's really cool to hear someone. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. I, I know that it, weight cuts are kind of controversial, right? And And definitely... Do you have any thoughts on weight cutting in general? I felt great. Uh, we have plenty of time. I don't. I do think you could make a one sixty-five weight class, one fifty-five, sixty-five, seventy-five. Yeah. But if you added a ninety-five, or if you added a two twenty-five, you would just kill two divisions. Well, one ninety-five would gut the eighty-five because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to cut ten more, ten extra pounds, and every two hundred five or could lose ten, ten more pounds. Uh, and be a 90, you know, 195. So I, I don't think there are any more weight classes needed. The UFC bends over backwards to help us with our weight cuts. Uh, for the most part, if you see somebody who has missed weight, it's their fault. They they did something wrong. Um, that Yeah, they, they went out of there. They had a bad camp or they just didn't want to cut the weight. I think the statistic is if you miss weight, you win like 90% of the time. Yeah, um, yeah, it's something crazy like that. So people, you know, they, it gets hard, and people are mentally weak, and they think, well, if I miss weight, it helps my chances of winning. 
Um, and I think that happens more often than not. Interesting. I had never even thought about that angle of it. You mentioned having a bad camp. Would you mind sharing the difference between a good camp and a bad camp? I don't know if I've ever had a real bad camp. If you don't have training partners, that makes it rough. That makes it you know hard to, to, to do what you need to do. Um, but for me, the hardest part of any camp is the diet. You've got to stay strict. You can't be cheating. You can't be, well, I did well yesterday, or I, I ran an extra mile today. I, no, you've got to eat, you know, you've got to eat the appropriate amount when it's, you know, when you're supposed to eat it. Yeah. And that that's the hard part. And I, I do believe a lot of fighters lack the discipline to do what's needed. Um, you know, female fighters are a little different because they, they cycle. And that, I've got, nothing to say about that right. uh, yeah as the, as their bodies do what their bodies do it messes with weight cuts yeah that, interesting okay i don't know how you get like over any potatoes that's not possible oh my my wife she is a chef i mean she is she could cook i mean she could cook anything uh and so i've i've nicknamed her she's mckee the anti-diet elf uh, <laughs> she is she makes it so hard to cut. That and we have five kids. So I can't blame her. Yeah. She makes it for the kids. And uh it's it's I'll bet you guys didn't know. If your kids leave food on the plate, you're allowed to eat it and there's no calories in there. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't I don't know how that happened, but yeah. I was I raised a, in that household and I've been working it off for years and <laughs> years after that. I, I have a five-year-old and they're uh she doesn't leave a lot, but when she does, it, you're right. There are no calories. There's no calories in it. Yeah. No, it's totally true. So uh, a few years ago, I broke my jaw in training, uh, and my mouth had to get wired shut. And everyone asked me, "What was the thing you missed the most?" And uh, everyone hates my answer. My answer is chicken nuggets. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't because I've ever ordered them. It's that my kids never eat them all. They, eat, you know, if they're six, they'll eat four. There's two left over. Those are dad's <laughs> chicken nuggets. That's the right. Mouth, yeah, my mouth is wired shut. They're just sitting there, and I freaking oh, I want to eat them so bad. <laughs> if I if I may, Sam, as you as you you mentioned before, your wife's been in your corner a lot uh, recently. Uh, not even recently, for years. Oh, yeah, she's been she's this one fight uh, that was Ryan Spann because of COVID. I've got over seventy fights, and she's been there for every one of them. Yeah. So you, how long have you you guys have been together since? since prior to the ultimate fighter yeah we've been let's see we've been together for 15 years seven months and four days uh, very nice yeah wow an exceptional fighter an exceptional husband an exceptional father and i am uh not a fighter i had a vasectomy and i think my <laughs> wife's gonna leave pretty soon so <laughs> i i think i need to come to hendo's gym and drink y'all's kool-aid so <laughs> Well, shoot, I'm moving to Tennessee in about two months. I, it'll be a closer drive there. Oh, wow. Why Tennessee? Because Tennessee is amazing. Uh, California California sucks. Uh, <laughs> I, I love what I've done here. I love my team. I love the people I'm around. But California sucks. If anyone's watching this thinking about coming, don't. It is, it is yeah. a waste of a trip. <laughs> yeah i grew yeah. up there and just left and i've been trying to convince dom i, I moved four years ago to austin okay. because i i i was thinking joe rogan might move here and if i'm gonna do comedy i gotta lay my roots and you know 
get ready for his club. <laughs> uh, but no, I've been uh, trying to convince Dom to come out here. <laughs> Dom, you should go out uh, there. That is Dom. Dom, are you in Temecula? I'm. I'm near. Yeah, okay. I'm in Menifee. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I'm like Elsinore. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. My Small wife and I, my wife and I both teach public school. And the problem is it's very, very difficult to find teacher pay plus benefits plus sort of working conditions outside of California in a state that isn't as bad as California, like New York or Pennsylvania. Right, right. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. Um, we've looked <laughs> and if I could jet to florida tomorrow i probably yeah. would but hey well just remember they may not pay as much but it's cheaper to live everywhere else mm-hmm. it is yeah. cheaper to live that's it it's <laughs> it's on it's on our our rate yeah. i'll say that all right i'll say that well if you make and it we'll to have Tennessee, to you make it to tennessee i'm in murfreesboro it's right next to nashville uh okay you're welcome you're welcomed out anytime i i did have to ask because because leo coons uh, on the Ultimate Fighter, you probably get asked about that knockout. I get asked about the show a lot. Not often that knockout. The torque that you rip from your hips for any hook you throw is uh, is beautiful. And like <laughs> that that hook. Well, first of all, that one is that, and then Procneow, which was three hooks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what went? What went? I'm gonna start hitting people instead of playing trumpet. And oh. uh, and like, yeah. The, how did you go to tough? Yeah, I, I went on the top. Man, I had a big record going on the top. I going on the top. But yeah, so I played trumpet my whole life. Uh, and I was semi-professional. And so what I would say, semi-professional means I never got paid, but the people I played with got paid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I was semi-professional. Uh, and uh, I, I, what what made me switch is uh, MMA started paying me. Not much. I mean, I, I've had plenty of professional fights where I got like gas money. Um, so mm-hmm. I fought a lot because I, I had a lot sure. of gas I needed, um, and that was kind of kind of the name of the game. Is I just I I enjoyed doing it. They paid me a little bit. Uh, it was something to do while I was in college, and so I just kept doing it, and um, it it actually it worked out well. Do you you do all your training at Dan Henderson's gym? Uh, yeah, yeah, and I still plan on training out here uh, uh-huh. for my camps. I still plan okay, on flying out here and all and all and doing all my training out here um sure. but uh i i'm i i'm just sick sick of california i'm sick of the traffic i'm sick of the taxes i'm sick yeah. of the, i'm a ginger too it is 114 degrees four year four months of the year <laughs> and i can't do it <laughs> my in-laws are in arizona and we went last summer and it was like 125 i'm not joking and i'm like why would anyone <laughs> anywhere want so, to do this I, a couple of years ago i got to go to iraq with uh joe lozon diego sanchez and um jake ellenberger and we, nice. we did a tour over there just visiting the troops and everything and it was i don't know at night it was like 110 degrees uh, yeah. during the day it was and then i got back to temecula and it was the same damn temperature like son of a bitch <laughs> didn't, have, didn't have to go to iraq at all i couldn't sweat my balls off here are you teaching now too is that right you're teaching at Hendon. yeah so my i mean i've taught from day one of my mma career i just made it up Mm. in the beginning Uh, but now i know a couple things so now i'm (laughs) so now i'm doing it for real yeah i I teach at hendos i run i i help coach the pro team i run the amateur team i teach almost all of the kids mma um the teen mma i i do a lot of hendos and i i really love doing it all that's great. And there's a couple, uh, Joe Stevenson and Ashley Yoder. There's a couple of, of 
pretty pretty recognizable names on that team. Yeah, yeah. Joe Stevenson's one of the head coaches. Ash is on it. Uh, I'm on it. Dom Reyes, he he's been uh, he he trains with us. Yeah, not, not full time, but at least once or twice a week. Jared Vander is out there. Uh, he's new to the UFC, but he'll be there for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Then of course, I mean the king of all of them, Dan Henderson. Yeah, um, and then Dan is just he's the goat. Mm-hmm. Does he? Does he? Do you have to let him hit you with an H bomb before you can start training there, or no? No, at this that point, was a dumb joke. We'll cut that. Don't worry, we'll cut that. At, at, this, <laughs> at this point, uh, Hendo still beats us all up, but he has to do it early. He has to land it early because he doesn't have more than a round in him. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I know that we we've you've already spent more time with us than you said that you had available. You're more than welcome to stay hang out with us, but with five kids, I'm sure you've got things to do. Uh, yeah, shoot, I, I it's what nine nine thirty up with me. I I got to get to bed so I can get the kids up to school in the morning. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you. We'll we'll leave on this. Do you, so you want to you plan to keep fighting? I should say. Yeah, yeah, I want to keep fighting. I want to keep fighting in the UFC for the rest of my yeah. career. I, if I if I get another, if I get squeezed into the ten years out of me, that's absolutely what I want to do. I I love what I do. I love what I what it's helped me accomplish, and I just I I'm a fighter at heart. I I love this sport more than most. That's awesome. I can see that. I look forward to it every time, every single time. And I have to say that the one time I had the opportunity to meet you in person at a at a comedy club years and years ago. I didn't get the chance to take it. And I'm so, so bummed that it never happened. I'm so <laughs> thankful that you're such a genuine person and we're willing to come on and chat with us. It's super, super. No, cool. you're, you're very welcome. And, and anytime I can, I can get my kids in bed. I, I'll be here guys. Let me know if you ever want to vent on here. We love to. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Do you want to do you, before you go, do you want to call out anyone name names? That's what we're all about. Yeah, shoot. Uh, you know who I want to fight? I said I was supposed to fight him at the beginning of this last camp, but three weeks out, he he got injured. Um, Zach Cummings. He seems like a legit guy. Uh, just a great dude. Yeah. I would love to. I, I was really looking forward to our fight, um, and I hope he's all right. I'm not sure what got hurt on him, but I hope he's all right. Mm-hmm. Let, let's do it. Yeah, Zach Cummings is one of my other favorites. That would be a great brawl. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to talk to you again. Hey, and if you guys ever want to ask me any questions, hit me up on TikTok. I love yeah. TikTok. I have been doing so much on there. I answer <laughs> questions. I make, I mean, I'll do a video or two a day on behind the scenes UFC stuff. So if any, if how can are, the people find you on TikTok? Hey, same, I, same thing as on Instagram. It's at smiling Sam, S M I L E N S A M. Hey, have a Thank good you, night, sir. guys. Thank you for having me on. Bye. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, bye. That's pretty dope. Yeah. All right. So we had UFC fight night. Yeah. Rodriguez which, is Watterson. Yeah. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see uh, your favorite fighter, TJ Dillashaw, uh, compete. He got hurt. Yeah, do you I'm do you have told. any thoughts? Now, you were you were rubbing his feet, I heard. How is he upset? How's he feel? I was rubbing his feet. I transitioned to the toenail clipper. Right. And a rogue one flew off and gee dang it right at the eyebrow cut his eyebrow yeah gee dang it it was literally uh, a flying shame no well so let's run down <laughs> let's tj dillashaw we are not fans of yours uh yeah i said it tj come on no i'm not no okay fight fight cody clean and then we'll go from there okay and leave that in actually so 
I will. So I Gregor Gillespie did his thing. Out, yeah, Diego Ferreira, uh, Carlos Diego Ferreira. Tell me about it. Hey, Gregor did Gregor. He got hit a couple of times. You know that happens though. Uh, but he he just he grinds people out. That's what, yep. that's what he does. He did exactly what Gregor does. He sounded good afterwards, and he. I I'm I look forward to the next one. <laughs> Who's next for him? Gregor. Ah, oh, geez. 14 and one at lightweight. Mm-hmm. Well, we have UFC 262 coming up and I actually think there's some, there's some lightweight stuff happening there. So I, I, I might have to say, wait on that. Okay. I don't know necessarily if he's like, I don't know if he's necessarily ready for a Ferguson or, uh, or Gaethje. So let's, well, you know what? You have a, a point. Let's, let's hold off on what we think of Gregor Gillespie because I've got some thoughts on Tony Ferguson. We'll talk about in a second. And okay. yeah, um, we'll come back. Uh, but Hey, the other fights were still great. I mean, the, man, the I think heavyweight... anyone has a hands full of Gaethje. Yeah. I was sad about Maurice green. Uh, Cause I, I've, I've liked green since contender series. He's, yeah. he's a, I think he was contender series and not tough, but um and Marcos Rogério de Lima, I mean, the guy who just went up weight because he got tired of cutting, like you were talking yeah. about earlier. Yeah. And um, he's just a monster up there. That's all. You know? Yeah, heavyweight is is tough, right? There's, mm-hmm. I mean, what what are the rumors? John Jones is walking at two sixty. Really? That's what that's what I heard. If he's walking at two sixty, he's solid muscle. Yeah. Well, I think he's solid muscle at any weight. He's just a he's just a genetic freak. I we're we've gonna we're, we're not gonna do the the let's talk about John Jones. I, I okay, am well, a massive massive John Jones fan. Uh, yeah, I mean you have like friends who really like base or basketball, and they like uh-huh. bring it up in every conversation, or they really like movies, so they quote a movie in every conversation. We're the friends that talk about MMA in every conversation, and in every conversation that we talk about MMA, you talk about John Jones. <laughs> I mean, I have a thing for greatness. I'm not even. That I'm is not true even, about you. You do have I a thing do. for greatness. It I'm does not, not matter to, what it is. It a hundred percent. I here's the thing. You can you can shit on Tom Clancy books all you want. How many is he sold? Right. You can you can. Oh. I just I do have a, a thing for greatness, and yeah. it doesn't matter what what the sport is. Doesn't matter what the activity is. I always want. I'm not, I don't root for the underdog. You know, when, when I see mm-hmm. Canelo fight, when I would watch Floyd Mayweather, I, I like undisputed greatness. I do. And, and I think mm-hmm. at the core, the reason why I love the UFC so much, the organization is because they, they are trying to find out who the greatest is. Right. And you can't yeah. have that conversation without John Jones because he's, I mean, he's just fantastic. So we're going to table that, uh, Two men, one name, Neil Magny and Jeff Neal. Mm-hmm. Uh, J- Neil Magny by decision. Any thoughts on that one? Kind uh, of a... I think Jeff Neal might might be wrapping it up in the UFC. I think yeah. he just looked tired. He kind of looked almost bored. I was going to say kind of a pedestrian fight. Yeah, he was. it was a, he- a heavy sparring for him that day almost. like I yeah. know that he probably put in a lot of work and something else. He had sepsis, man. Like he almost yeah. died. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he should, he should be taking time anyway. So, yep. I mean, cause I like Jeff, he's from Texas. So like, uh, if I recall correctly, and, uh, I hope that he, he comes back cause he really is a great fighter. You, you mentioned 
you, you're sure he worked hard and prepared. I want to, and we're going to talk about something in a second. We we know, right? Again, for for all ten of our listeners, we 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 think you're pretty neat, but we know that these fighters are as prepared as they possibly can be, and they're getting in a locked metal cage with someone who could literally kill them. Mm-hmm. That's a disclaimer to the the thing I'm about to say. Uh, but before that, uh, Karate Hada and Karate Hadi and Marina Rodriguez. Any thoughts there? Another fight that I kind of just wasn't that impressed with either way. Well, that is the most wrong thing you've ever said. <laughs> oh wow! I was impressed by both of them. Okay, like they they I thought they looked fantastic. I well, mean, yeah, sure, sure. From like a technical display of okay. skill standpoint yeah absolutely then then, then i'm gonna say okay that's yeah. fine i retract my previous statement about you being wrong because like they they both and michelle was outclassed mm-hmm. and the uh, by a way more technical kid kickboxer but was a champ through that fight like um it didn't seem like she was gonna win really at any point unless she, was, she wasn't overwhelmed she didn't really seem to overwhelmed she was in the right spot they both were yep. um and it was realistically a war because michelle won i think one round on every card and then two on two judges and i think that was the right score she she could have put a couple of things together and and gotten it but that reach was huge i mean Rodriguez is enormous yep for the size and they were fighting up in weight so i mean it was just a weird situation yes you're right about that we used the word overwhelmed mm-hmm. and i did go out of order on this card cowboy and alex morono mm-hmm. is overwhelmed a strong enough word i think it's exactly the most appropriate word and i think that that is that is Cerrone's kryptonite overwhelm him a a better fighter overwhelm him at first uh so connor did that but i mean you can i don't think connor was even the first i would i'd have to go back and look i mean he's on a five fight losing streak yeah Um, he he gets if he gets caught it's usually early yeah yeah So. so with all due respect to everything cowboy has accomplished and his his list of accomplishments is very long I have mm-hmm. been a fan of professional sports since I was four. I know what it looks like when it's the end of the road for someone. Yeah. And I, I do think that's where we're at with him. Yeah. Right. I it's think... the old saying, father time is undefeated. And I, I kind of think that's where we're at. And in the post fight, he kind of talked about how he, he was ready to ask himself the hard questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still think that he's got another, an- at least another fight. He doesn't want to, go out like he did as he said and has been repeated by a few outlets but i think that he needs another challenge Mm -hmm. and even if he loses it as long as it's something challenging and fun then i think he's gonna go out happy and that's what i I want to see i want to see him him, go out i want to see him in there with someone you, you you know so uh, this is not a baseball podcast, but the the Angels cut Albert Pujols this week or last mm-hmm. week now. And, you know, I, I was listening to a, a Barstool, um, shout out Barstool podcast, and they were talking about how if you're like a 15-year-old baseball fan, you don't know that Albert Pujols was the single best player on the planet for more than a decade, right? You don't know that. You didn't watch it. And if you were a baseball fan or you're old enough to remember, you know that he was, right? And so... Mm-hmm. 
what a lot of people have said they would have liked to have seen the angels give him here's the problem i i watch every angel game they gave him a lot of opportunities to play he can't hit anymore he can't get to fastballs right mm-hmm. so, cowboy cerrone can't get his kicks there he can't he just can't do it right and if if you it's nothing no no shots at him i'm not going to go all Stephen a smith and say he was mailing it in for a paycheck that's just not who he is but no at the same time Again, I know what it looks like when Father Time has caught up to someone, and it's there. And hey. and I think that's kind of where we're at. That's okay with me. I mean, he's 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 a legend. He's the cowboy, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's a lot of cowboys in the UFC, but he's yep. he's cowboy. Yep, he's my cowboy. <laughs> All right, so we have UFC 262 coming up this weekend. We do. I am very excited about UFC 262. How do you feel about it? I am also excited for two reasons. Not as excited as, I'm going to be honest, not as excited as I've been for other mm-hmm. uh, UFCs, but definitely uh, we're going to get Shevchenko's sister, Antonina. We're going to have... Well, we did have lose, We did lose a fight, which sucks. Which one? Uh, the Jack Hermanson, Edmund Shabazian, uh-huh. which really bums me out. Cause that was going to be a good fight. And I actually think that J- Jack was going to win that. He was, I think he was set to be favorite favorite for it, but I, I thought Jack was going to, was going to take that one. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So we've got, who we got, we got Caitlin JK again. Yeah. So, well, so let's run it down. What we're going to do. Uh, we'll play a little game where we do our picks. We're going to pick who's going, we're going to go through the main card, going to pick the winner, uh, what round and how they're going to win. Okay. So total of three points for one point for each category. And uh, we'll, we'll total them at the, at the end of the week and at the end of the year. That sounds good to me. All right. Sounds First like fight. Pretty neat picks. Pretty neat picks. Yeah. PNP. Uh, PNP. First, first Wait, no, fight still on PNP. the <laughs> PNP. P. C? Uh, yes. Bantamweight matchup, Matt Schnell and Rogerio Bontorin. Uh, Matt Schnell is a minus 167 favorite. What do you think? Matt, Sh- Matt Schnell. I like Matt. Okay. That's all I got on that fight. I will also pick Matt Schnell. Cool. Tougher one here. Uh, featherweight, Shane. <laughs> how do we pick? Shane we didn't, Burgos. We didn't even pick how or round. I was going to say UD myself. But... I was also going to. I wasn't going to say unanimous. I was just going to say decision. Featherweight Shane Burgos and Edson Barbosa. I want to know what you think of this one first. Well, so I'm going to be honest. I, my, the only thing I can think of when I think of Edson Barbosa, do you know what it is? <laughs> Terry Adam. No. No, really, not the head kick. No. What is it? Is when he fought <laughs> Khabib uh, at okay. UFC 219. Yeah. And now, this was before he was Khabib, right? Okay. You know, we're going back almost four years. He wasn't quite, he didn't quite have the status that he does now, um, as far as like the, the, the fandom is concerned. And, and that's fine. It was four years ago. Um, Khabib absolutely ragdolled Edson Barbosa for 15 minutes. And sure. 
I distinctly remember sitting on my couch yelling for his corner to stop it because I don't think you were alone in that because it's like, man, you, he's, it's just, it's not even competitive. Yeah. So uh, I will take Shane Burgess and you know what? I'm going to say third round knockout. Wow. You're taking Shane Burgess for third down knockout. I am uh, going to, we we're finally different, Dom. This is the first variation of the PNP. All right. Because I'm going to pick Edson Barbosa by first round knockout. I think he's going to catch Shane Burgos. He gets hit. uh, And I don't think he's going to see it coming. I just don't. I just don't. And I know that Edson Barbosa is not favorite in this fight. I don't believe. But I think he should be. I think that that's a mistake. There is no line on that on UFC's website. What's next? Women's flyweight Caitlin Chukagian, first team all name, and Vivian Aruhau. That's a number two versus number seven matchup. Caitlin is a minus 150 favorite. I like Caitlin. I also like Caitlin. I, I, I like her. Mm-hmm. Are we going to say it at the same time? Unanimous decision? <laughs> I was going to say unanimous decision. Okay. I then was. you know what? I'll take, I'll take Caitlin by knockout because. Okay. I want the point. What what round? It doesn't say if this is a three or five round fight. Let's go third round. Okay. Okay. Uh, second to last is the co-main on this card. Um, and this is this is one of those ones where I. So in betting, right, you have the public team, but they're they're trying to bring in money on one of these two fighters. Have you seen these lines? On Ferguson, Dariush? Is that what we're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Have you seen them? Uh, only, I have not seen them. I will. I I know who is the favorite, and I wish I had. It was in a state where I could bet on sports because I don't think that Dariush should be favored in this. Okay. And that's what, as far as I know, he was favored. Has that changed? Has the line no, shifted? No, not not according to the UFC website, which is powered by DraftKings. So as of you know Monday night, um, he's a minus one fifty two to Tony's plus one twenty five. So plus one twenty five. If you're not familiar with how that works, and Aaron, I know you are, you bet a hundred dollars, you win a hundred and twenty five. Uh, minus one fifty two, you bet a hundred, you're going to end up winning forty eight. Um, Benil is the ninth ranked lightweight. What, Tony, what, the, what are his odds? Minus one fifty two. Benil's Benil. Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought you said Ferguson was the favorite. No, no, no. He's plus one twenty five. Tony, oh, okay. Tony's plus one twenty five. Yeah. Um. That's okay. So, so here's the deal. Let's be honest. If you're a guy in Vegas and you're not really a UFC fan, but you follow sports. You've heard of Tony Ferguson. You have probably not heard of Benil Darius, right? Sure. So you throw so some money on him. The people who make the odds know that, and they will put they'll put the guy they think is going to lose, but is the public name as the the underdog, so they can bring in money because people, oh, Tony Ferguson, he always wins, and they, yeah, you know, I'll put a hundred bucks on him, and then you lose your hundred dollars. Sure. Here's my question for you. Sure. Disclaimers in place, I suppose. Um, 
Tony does train under Master Eddie Bravo. I train at 10th Planet um, under a a uh, lineage of Eddie Bravo. Not that not that Eddie knows that, but I do. Uh, nothing special about it. I just signed up. Here's my question for you. When was the last time Tony looked good? Well, that's that just seems kind of harsh, first of all. If I mm-hmm. if I may say that. Okay. Uh I think Tony has a chance in this fight. I think that he not only has a chance, I think that he will win by KO. I do. Uh in round one. I think it's gonna be a quick main event, if you can't tell. Uh I'm going to bring up his record. I'm bringing it up right now because I... So I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. Because when you say, like, when was the last time he looked good, I think of a bunch of different fights. You know, I don't think of his most recent. I mean, Cerrone was the I, right? Was the doctor stoppage. Uh-huh. And he looked good in that. Of course, well, he just... So, well, no. So the issue with my argument is he had a real, a real serious run. Uh, of of just kind of fucking guys up. So yeah, again, I'm a big Tony Ferguson fan. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. He fought Justin Gaethje back in May of last year. He was supposed to have been fighting Khabib then. Remember, mm-hmm. um, which will never happen. Which will never happen. And I I do think on the ground Tony is one of the only guys who has a chance with Khabib. Do you but, though? Because I, I feel do, yes. like I feel like Justin and Charlie Olives really kind of showed that Tony really wasn't going to be able to hack it. Well, so but let's talk. So that's kind of my question. He when I say when was the last time he looked good, he the doctor told Cowboy he couldn't fight anymore. Okay, he then that, he Anthony sure, Pettis is up until Anthony he Pettis out. Is, Anthony Pettis's corner stopped the fight before that. He got Kevin Lee in a triangle beat uh Rafael dos Anjos by d- unanimous decision he submitted Lando Veneta and Edson Barbosa a decision over Joss Thompson Thompson uh back-to-back rear, na- rear naked chokes over Gleason Tabau and Abel Trujillo um split decision over Danny Castillo he knocked out Kikunu yeah and then uh submit- submitted Mike Rio also Eves Edwards yeah, uh, I, I mean, mean he's got some names, right? For sure. I'm not sure. I'm not he's, hiding he's great. from that. Is he figured out? Is that kind of your question? Like, is did Justin Gaethje and Charles Oliveira just kind of embarrass? Like, did they pick him apart, or did did he lose something? It is that what we figure out on Saturday? I think that's I, maybe I think, what we figure out. Yeah, I think maybe that's what we figure out. If Tony so. does knock out or submit Benil early, then then he's right back in the lightweight discussion. He has to be. He's Tony yeah. Ferguson. And based on what I've seen, I think his head is in a better spot than in the last couple. I think that the pressure of maintaining his like 12 fight win streak or or whatever of his maintaining his mystery of how good he is, it's like there's not a mystery of how good you are anymore because you've been beat. So he kind of maybe had to find himself a little bit and I hope he did. Uh, I guess we just find out if he did. Cause I mean, he's his other streak was so many years. Uh-huh. And in, in fairness, Tony is so good on the ground and so unique and so mm-hmm. unorthodox with what he does. Again, we're not breaking ground here. Everybody knows that if he, if he's on the ground, you know, you can play that game. It doesn't matter that he's 35, 36. You can play that game for a long time. 
Benil though is older. Not saying that that's a bad thing, but it does make him a little craftier. Um, mm-hmm. I he he was hurt pretty bad when he fought Drakkar close and came back and knocked him out, and it was, that's it was right. beautiful. And it was almost right. it was almost experience that and toughness and grit that got him through that. Uh, and I think you need a shitload of that if you're going to fight Tony Ferguson, of course. Yeah. Maybe even more so than other people. So, I mean, he, he definitely could have it there. I'm just kind of wondering if his experience might do him in on this one in that he'll have an expectation of all the other fighters that came before him and Ferguson's not that. And I, I don't know. It depends on if you trained for it, how he trained for it, I guess. But I'm not a train fighter, so. You well, know. so we're doing I'm curious. the thing, it's though. It's going to be an interesting fight. That is a no-brainer. So they, yeah, it's going to be a great fight. I'm, I'm definitely, definitely excited for that one. Now, let me ask you this, though. Everything we just said about Tony, and again, Tony's great. Everything we just said about him is the reason they make him the underdog because people will talk themselves into something that can't or that's not that that isn't going to happen so uh and what's your pick he beat Diego Ferreira he beat Holtzman he beat Jakar Close he beat Camacho Andrew Dober and Tiago Moises um two submissions two knockouts two decisions so he's on a little bit of a run here lost to Michael Chazea lost to Edson Barbosa uh, that's going back to 2016, though. So, well, I have changed my mind. Okay. I'm going to say Tony Tony Ferguson by second round submission. Nice. I like that. That's a... I can see that. Oh. Mm-hmm. You, talk, you uh, talked me into it. You're spinning my octagonal-shaped wheels. <laughs> That car is not going to go very fast, but all right. No, it is not. Um, Speaking of a car that is not going to go very fast, that is the opposite of the ambulance that will be taking Oliveira to the hospital. Okay. At the end of round one, because he is going to have trouble waking up. I think Dan Dan Hooker part two, but faster. Mm -hmm. Because Charles is a is gonna go for it, and I don't think that that's how you beat Chandler. And I think that it's not fair that Chandler's the underdog in this one either. Okay, so I wanna I wanna share some stuff on my bookie, mybookie.ag, my bookie sponsor the podcast. Um, <laughs> Michael uh, Michael Chandler is a minus one oh five. Really to charles Oliveira's minus 125 so okay. the ufc website right now again on monday night has michael chandler at plus 110 so your 100 dollars bet wins you 110 um charles Oliveira minus 134 those lines have moved or my bookie is not using the same odds maker and they have chandler at minus 105 to the 125 to the minus 125 for for Oliveira. so chandler's still a slight underdog but it's it's uh, closer. Now, if you are, and this is the bet I would be making if I was in Vegas this weekend. Is it uh, your pick? Two, no. It's okay. a, uh, well, sort of. It's a two-fight parlay. Okay. 
Tony Ferguson and Michael Chandler to win. Um, of course, in a, a sports book, you're not choosing for the sure. most part the the way they're going to win, just straight win. Yep. Uh, that and the, right now that pays out plus three fifty eight for that parlay. Just the two of them. Wow. That's that's. <laughs> what are you doing this and weekend? Do you know um... what? Well, do you know what? You've been to Las Vegas, right? Sure. I, I may, might have got married there. <laughs> that's right. Do you know how they built that city? Uh, I thought it was on rock and roll. They, bu- <laughs> they built that city on guys like you and me saying, oh, that's a good bet. <laughs> <laughs> These idiots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Having said that, plus 358. Listen, if I was walking around there, I'd throw 25 bucks on it. On, on a plus 358, you'd throw 25? Hell yeah. On that part? 25, 25 bucks pays you 90. I'd throw 100 on that. To win at- you 358? Yeah, yeah, I think I would. That's uh, I I like both of them in this fight. I re- in these fights, I really do. So you you've got Michael Chandler by knockout in the first round. I I think Chandler by knockout in the first round. I think I think Chandler by knockout as well. I don't know what round. I I'm just gonna match yours just for safety. Uh, Michael Chandler knockout in the first round. Like I I. Dan Hooker is a different fighter than Charles Oliveira. Yeah. Uh, well, Oliveira is a better fighter. Uh, Oliveira, I think, yeah, in the, right now, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I think Chandler's where they are in their paths as fighters. It sounds strange to say it as careers. Like it's almost more reminiscent of like Khabib and Ferguson again. Ferguson is on this massive tear and it just, he never, it just never comes to fruition. And I feel like Charlie is on the same thing. He's been around, he's had experience. Now he's on this great tear, but he's really coming into a, a, a star. Like mm-hmm. Chan, comparing Chandler to Khabib is difficult because Khabib is retired and undefeated, of course. Right. But, but it's that same hunger, that same pressure and that same relentlessness. Um, a lot of fighters are figuring out their plan or whatnot in the fight, if you would, but he always seems to be, how am I going to be attacking next? It's never, how am I going to deal with this, that that guy's throwing at me? It's yeah. like, okay, they have a great leg kick adjust. We're attacking this way now. Like it, he always seems to take that approach rather than trying to figure out how to defend. He's figuring out how to fucking win. Yeah. You know? Um, and he and he wins by finishing like you can tell that that's his agenda even it can be even if it's a little slower if he's grinding someone out like you know his agenda is to end this before it gets to the judges every time yes you're talking about michael champ yeah 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 so man this this and we're gonna have some lightweight discussions next week because this division is stacked it's insane stacked so Next. dustin right then justin gaethje charles of charles Oliveira, and michael chandler tony ferguson connor is still in there uh dos anjos i suppose dan hooker benil darius paul felder islam makachev and gregor gillespie <laughs> yeah uh, let's let's do when when uh we have a non-ufc numbered event we're gonna we're gonna do some lightweight fun let's just do a lightweight episode man and, kevin uh, lee is in there yeah, yeah there's gonna... some there's some fighters in that 
in that division. Yeah, let's let's just have a nice discussion about that. Maybe we'll throw some super duper handicappers on a few of them too. I love I I would love to handicap some of those fights. Um and I do think we need to to plan out our first live event pretty soon, our first live Yeah, fight, we do have watch party. For everybody listening, we did get our Twitch account set up, but we are uh uh, still gonna you know arrange making that work for when that can happen too so ufc 262 is gonna be gonna be a fun one you yeah let's hope all these cards go as planned right tony it, it seems like there's an equal chance that his fight doesn't happen because either he, he gets hurt or his opponent does yeah yeah and where this one's in houston yeah at the toyota center in houston i i mean i definitely think so, and I'm going to plead ignorance here. Did Michael Chandler fight in, in one FC or in Bellator? Bellator, sir. Yeah. Um, I, and you know what? I knew that. My only, my only hope is we don't have a little bit of, of Ben Askren going on here where now okay. I, I know Ben fought in one FC, but he, you know, you're, you're fighting just a, a, a lesser caliber of fighter in those two, uh, organizations so? right yes absolutely well, uh, well you know what chandler talked about that too like he he openly discussed like the image of bellator and how he was a ufc champion kind of stuck there not facing ufc competition right so i mean there's there's some merit to that of course because the fighters acknowledge that merit um I don't think that that'll be the case. I think that Chandler really has been stuck. You know, I think that he's been, I don't know if it's contracts or what's going on with UFC, not liking him or what shit, but I really feel like he should have been in the UFC a long time ago. And there really wasn't any reason why he wasn't. Eh. Yeah. He Personal probably, opinions. he probably, yeah. And you know how the UFC and, and he who must not be named can be with some of those, <laughs> with some of those personality mixes and whatnot i do think um so okay so he became a free agent in august 2020 and then he signed in september with the ufc mm-hmm. so I, I think and he made weight for khabib gaethje mm-hmm. just in case waited on the scales and everything i mean he was he's been ready i i think yeah and beat the fuck out of dan hooker so yep yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so in in 2018, he signed an exclusive multi-fight contract with Bellator. So you know what? Hey, get your get your paychecks, yeah. Michael Chandler. If Bellator is going to give you the money and guarantee it, and for I, yeah. I know that for most fighters, UFC doesn't operate that way. I, I have a challenge for you. I'm sorry. All right. Distract there. I want before I want maybe next episode. Yep. I would like for each of us to compile a list of who we will, we believe will be the UFC champions at the end of 2021, December 31st, 2021. Who are the champions in each division in each division? And the reason I want to ask it now is that, I mean, it's may it's been five months. We've Mm -hmm. really had kind of preseason is sort of ended if you will. And, um, and like international fight week is in July and you really start to see, what's coming together for the end of the year mm-hmm. around that time. So it'd be kind of interesting just to kind of see what you think. Yeah. Next, yeah. Maybe next week. Yep. I think that it's the right time for the, I think you're pretty neat, but I respect your distance award. All right. Who are you giving it to? 
Uh, I am giving the award to Mr. Smiling Sam Alvey. You're going <laughs> to Mr. Smiling Sam yeah. Alvey. And that do you want to do you want to know why? I want to know why. Well, you you tell him why. You know why. Why should because he's pretty neat. Because he's pretty that. neat. <laughs> I respect the shit out of his distance. Yeah, I respect his distance. Because <laughs> Sam Alvey is the very first legitimate guest on the Pretty Neat Podcast. Tuck that into your pocket for the 100th episode trivia challenge we do. That's right. Could not have been a nicer guy. I know everyone says that, but mm-hmm. could not have been a nicer guy. Yeah, genuine, genuine fellow. Yep. Uh, how do you want to say goodbye to the folks today? Take us home. Yeah, you can let take me... us home. I'm going to record. I'm going to. All right, do it. Yeah. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening to the PNP. Our podcast is now available on Breaker, CastBox. (laughs) Our podcast is now available on Breaker, CastBox, Google. Google. Fuck me. This is fucking hard. (laughs) (laughs) I can't fucking read. This is so bad. Thanks for listening to the Pretty Neat Podcast, now available on Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, and coming soon on Apple Podcast and Stitcher. We'll see you soon. Oh yeah, follow us on all the social media stuff too. Bye. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Yeah. It's like that, y'all. It's time for the Pretty Neat Podcast. To be over.